Hey there, I'm Trevor Houston, the creator of the Who You Know Summit, and I'd like to welcome you to the Who You Know Job Networking Show. On our program, we'd like to show you the job search like you've never seen. Everything from getting noticed by employers, how to properly format your resume, and how to network effectively using LinkedIn to drive recruiters to your profile. We even take suggestions from our amazing community. So if you want to learn all things job search, go ahead and subscribe now. Focus. It's all about the job search. So if you want to learn how to land that next success, you heard them. All you got to do is subscribe and ring that bell so you don't miss out on a thing. Welcome back to the Who You Know Job Networking Show, where what you know is important, but what, what, who you know. Who you all know know can make the difference in your job search. It definitely can, and let me tell you who I know. I know Dr. Cass Henry, and she's driven by passion to develop viable public-private sector partnership through education, collaboration, and engaging communication. I like how that rhymed, by the way. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Her ultimate goal is building to last and ennobled for success, and she strives to bring economic prosperity to everyday business and people. Uh, Everybody, welcome Dr. Cass to the Who You Know Show. All right, Dr. Cass, welcome. Thank you you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Well, we are super grateful. We got to um, meet the other day in Breakfast with Champions in the clubhouse, and uh, it was super great to get to know you. You were just speaking my language, so I just was like, I got to have you on the show, okay? But first of all, let's talk a little bit about what you do and what made you choose to help companies develop you know, effective financial strategies as a profession. Like, what made you choose that? Interesting question. I started my career in financial technology as a, the first batch of students to graduate out of Bangalore University, India. And what I realized when I came to America is while I was still very young in my early 30s, fintech and technology-based solutioning is not something most people understood in the United States. Mm. And also business thought of money making as the goal and not necessarily building people up. Mm. And coming out of the fintech and financial sector, I understood very intimately, we take care of people, our people take care of innovation and process and customer service, and that drives the economic engine, right? So you never put the cart before the horse, Mm. you put the horse in front of the cart. And so if I am going to help businesses succeed, I need to help them rearrange the order because if the cart is pulling the horse, we're not going anywhere fun. Wow. Okay. So, okay. I love that. I love this conversation because what she's saying is, is, you know, these companies, they need to start putting the people first. Now, I, I would like to talk to the audience and see like, what is your experience? How are these companies treating you? Number one, uh, and you can tell me in the chat, number one, did the company, when they let you go or, or fired you or furloughed you, whatever they did, when they let you go, how, what was that experience like? Did they treat you right? Number two, what is it like in the hiring process? What is that experience like? How is corporate America actually treating you? And Dr. Cass, what's your experience that? How are companies doing when it comes to that conversation? Are they doing well? Are they just really totally messing the ball game up here? Or what, what's the biggest challenge companies are going through? Companies have realized with COVID, people come first. Okay, they have woken up. people are not coming into the office, office Mm. is going into people's homes, right? So let's Mm. not forget it. When people came into work, we told them you can't bring your home to work. 
But now we expect to go home 24-7, regardless of what's going on in their household. So conscious companies are realizing the script is switched, mm. right? It's and we need to show up with mindfulness. And people are working harder. The old notion that if your butt is not in the seat and I don't see you working, you're not working. Productivity has gone up by 40 to 50% with people working at home. Wow. That much? 40, 50%? Yes. Ooh, that's yeah. a lot. That kind of blows your theory. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, like, I, I feel like, yeah, because people are are they're working longer i feel like because they're at home i think people yeah. are just working a lot you know um yeah that is one of the pitfalls of remote work is being able to turn it on it and off yeah, yeah at, at certain times and i think with for certain people everybody's different like like our assistant hope she's there she works really well from home she does her thing like you know we don't got to tell her what to do you know we don't, she doesn't need somebody hanging over her shoulder you know what i'm saying she doesn't need that uh, there are some people, though, who I feel like uh, they need some form of accountability in having a, someone to just, you know, maybe tell them what to do or how to do it or get things done or just maybe have a little bit of accountability can can help. And an office environment can help them with that. So sure. what are yeah. your thoughts on that, Dr. Cass? Both work and school is now virtual, right? I play in both those spaces. I'm a graduate <laughs> school professor for 22 years on top of being in the international finance arena for over 30. And both today require two things. It needs people to show up with empathy and resiliency, mm. and it needs people to show up in both spaces with self-motivation. We can't give people motivation. If people need help, they need to be motivated enough to ask for help. You were talking earlier to us, right? There you, you go. You started the program with a prayer. And I'm not Christian, I'm Hindu, but I was raised appreciating all traditions. And I know this much, knock and the door shall open and ask and you shall receive, right? Mm -hmm. So ask, mm -hmm. ask for help. I love it. Ask, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, and like we were saying, a, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. You have to ask. You got to open up. And so, yeah, if you're if you're struggling at work, if you're struggling, um, whether it's a uh, a remote work environment or what have you, you do have to speak up and say, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm having a challenge here." So I love that. What about um, uh, uh, when it comes to companies making financial mistakes? All right. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest financial mistakes companies are making and how do they start to eliminate that? So there are two kinds of mistakes, right? Mistakes knowingly, not reflecting it. So that's technically omission, right? Mm -hmm. A lie of omission is still a lie mm -hmm. and not being aware. Mm. The outcome is still the same. Do you know more than 50% of the CFOs in their careers have been asked to falsify financials? And normally CFOs leave jobs every three to four years because it's like, you know, there's a joke when you are with relatives, it's only five days you can stay. Otherwise, everybody starts thinking like fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> so as CFOs, we have to be extremely careful the kind of organizations we are a part of and what the organization will ask us to do. And the financial mistakes happen either by being unaware or 
otherwise wanting to represent the uh, results in a different light. And either case, it's employees shortchanging the owners. And in business, employees, including the CEO, they're not the owners of the business. The owners are the investors. So they're the principals. We're all agents of the company, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the interest of the agent. And their long-term viability is our goal, but we are paid by the short-term profits. This bifurcated goal actually triggers what we call the agency conflict, where the employees mm -hmm. misrepresent, falsify, or hide things the owners need to know, and in the end, the organization suffers. So what I always do when I'm working, when I'm consulting, or when I'm teaching, is remind everybody in my stakeholder community, think of your organization as a three-legged stool. One leg is the individual, one leg is the organization, and the other leg is the society. When we keep all three in balance, then there is responsible governance and there is economic sustainability. If one leg is broken or weaker or shorter than the other, the entire system crumbles. Wow. So take Enron, take um, uh, subprime crisis, take whatever it takes. When individuals get greedy, and especially individuals at the top, then the entire system collapses and everybody pays a price. Wow. Oh. You know who I'm thinking of as you're saying all that? Because um, you were talking about the three, the three-legged stool was which society, which is one of the legs, society. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about Facebook and I was going, yeah. ooh, I don't know if society's better off with Facebook or not. Mm, that's just my, my opinion when we're on Facebook right now. So appreciate you, Mark Zuckerberg. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you said something um, that stuck out to me too, which is, you know, agents of the company or employees of a company. There's this like dichotomy of, of responsibility because you have um, corporate responsibility, the responsibility to represent and protect the company. But also, especially if you're client facing, you have um, you know, in, in some industries, especially, you have a certain obligation of care for the client mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, I can see where there's this inner conflict. And if there's not good, clear, defined leadership and how to navigate that, um, what the best practices are, you know, missteps could be made all over the place. That's a perfect point. And when we come from a place of responsible governance, what is good for the client is actually also good for the business and also good for us. Yes. So the governance centers us. Governance is not just for government, governance for any organization. Because let's not forget, we are an employee, right? And the things we do as employees can come back to haunt us as potential consumers, as potential um, citizens of the world. If I am allowing my company to pollute the environment and my kid gets cancer, I don't get to cry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, let's talk about your book, right? Because we, we definitely want to hear more about Ennobled, Ennobled for Success. Um, what Can you give uh, readers what to expect or maybe a little synopsis of the book? Yes, thank you for asking. I thought a lot about writing a book that talks about my journey, but I didn't want to talk about it from my perspective. The book takes the reader through a journey of a young girl growing up in the middle of a civil war and how everyday faceless, nameless people who normally we don't pay attention to, 
the rickshaw driver, the cleaning lady, the maid next door, these everyday people who have kindness in their heart and who can actually see the potential of a child of a life will step out of their comfort zone and make somebody's life better. And what if, just what if we took all of those messages and all of those opportunities to embrace every ounce of humanity around us? How ennobled are we going to get in our life? And how do you take those lessons into life to become successful? So it is a transformational journey of a child who became a refugee at the age of uh, 13 to go on to different countries and raise siblings on her own without her parents and make it okay because there were people who cared. And none of those people were highly educated, highly affluent, prestigious people. These are everyday people who care. And so the lesson in that book is you don't need to have a title, a following to change a life. All you have to do is just care. Mm. Yes. And become ennobled, right? Become ennobled. Mm -hmm. And that's just so amazing because, I mean, it's a lot about, you know, what you do is all about people. You know, empowering people. Um, all right, can you can you tell me a little bit about your opinion on the mm -hmm. Great Resignation? All right, we were talking about this in Clubhouse, and I and I'd love for you to share with our audience here your opinion on the Great Resignation. What's actually happening, and uh, what can a job seeker do to to stand out in this environment? Fantastic question, and I talk about this with my graduate students every week. Employers are not looking to hire people to give them jobs. Employers are looking for solution providers who can solve their clients' problems and innovate and make this world a better place. Yeah. So show up as a problem solver. We don't hire you based on the answers you give. We hire you based on how you are synthesizing what you are hearing from us and ask probing questions to prove to us you care. I love that. So, I mean, what, what problem do you solve for the company, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, if you're an HR professional, what is it that you, what's the actual end result that you do for the, for the company? And like, if you, I want you to think of it this way, reverse engineer it. If you're not there, if that department does not exist and, and, and that, you know, HR uh, profession isn't there, what fires are, are in the company? What fires do you ultimately put out for that company? What mm -hmm. problem do you solve? So really, really think about that. And a lot of times it, it boils down to time, money, uh, things like that. But yeah, think about that, reverse engineer it. And, and you need to be able to speak to that. And I, yeah. I, you know, the majority, now that I've just heard you say that, that's just caused me to reflect back on a lot of the conversations that we've had because we help so many job seekers. And um, I think the majority, the, the probably the far majority of people are looking to fill a position, mm. right? They're looking to fill a position to go into a position that the company has work for them, not that they can work for, Right. And, and solve the problem, yeah, be a solution. Reverse engineer it. So, okay, now, all right, now that we kind of understand a little bit about what the what the companies need and what they're looking for, they're looking for people to come in and, and solve the problem. What What is going on with this great resignation though? Because, you know, people are like not, uh, like people are missing. 
Like these companies are saying, we can't find anybody. Of course, mm-hmm. I got a big old audience right here ready to go back to work, so I think they're lying. But um, what well, these companies are saying, I can't find anybody. Where where are all? Where is everybody? Well, and, and before you answer, Dr. Kaz, um, I just read today because there was an article on the Great Resignation, and they have found that over 70% of the people that have left their job as part of that Great Resignation are 55 and older. Oh, yes. hmm. And most of them are women. Oh, let's talk mm-hmm. about Think that. Think about it. In COVID, women, we are also caregivers. We have to homeschool kids. Mm-hmm. I always joke when men say, when you go home and when you're free, give me a call. And I ask them, is your wife or your mother ever free? When we go home, <laughs> we have to cut vegetables. We have to do laundry. We have to take care of the kids. So, no, tell me a time and I'll make sure that I'm cutting vegetables while I'm talking to you so that I can multitask. yeah it's so true but i like both of what both both of y'all said because i had said the exact same thing i I had i did a um an interview on on fox news radio and they were asking my opinion on the great resignation and i said well a lot of things are going on there's a lot of dynamics but one is two household incomes right where all of a sudden they figured out because um everybody had to stay at home right they figured out okay well if i have to stay at home well now I got to take care of the kids. We got to do this. And the kids are having to do um, yeah, virtual uh, school, virtual and, learning. Yep. So they figured out how to make that manage off of one income. So a lot of that dynamics happening, like what you were saying. <laughs> and then to Mark's point, the other sec- side of it, which is I'm, I'm just not going to go back to work. I'm going to retire early. Yeah. Whether they had enough money or not, which most of them we know they've, don't. They've, they've accelerated it and just accepted that they're going to either spend less or, you know. Early retirement. So, and they'll they'll probably wake up in maybe three three years or so when they start running out of money, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh crap!" There's gonna be a lot of the um, you know Home Depot Lowe's working going on. I think mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. What is your opinion on that? I mean, are we just crazy or what? Part of it is the pandemic has reminded us that we may kill ourselves for the job, but the job will replace us in two seconds. Mm, that's a mic drop right there. Right. So you see what am I taking her? the risk for? Is that risk worth it? What is my value and am I being valued? Mm. People are seriously asking this question. And I'm doing some work here in the Caribbean, working with rural agricultural women to make the economic development work and make these single mother communities sustainable. So this is a country of 90% tourism, but they figured out a way to survive through the pandemic. How? Everybody grows their own, you know, goat and cow for milk and uh, chicken and ducks and geese and also grow their vegetables and cocoa and make chocolate products, right? So you can feed yourself. If you can feed yourself, what else do you need the money for? Because now you're teaching your kids in the home too. Mm -hmm. Feed yourself. That's what I'm hearing. So I'm going to give you a mic drop for that because a lot of you, I mean, maybe you're not going to go out and get a a, a goat or whatever, what you were talking about. Maybe you're not going to do that. But feed yourself. What I'm hearing is, can you have a side hustle, have something that can generate a little cash flow? Right. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're not like literally going to go like raise a like have a cow in your backyard, but. Can, can you feed yourself in another way? Can you have a side hustle where that it can never, ever, ever be taken from you? What are your thoughts on that? Should, should these job seekers be thinking outside the box and generating other, you know, passive income, things like that? 
When I moved from South Asia, from Sri Lanka, through India, Europe, into, Sri, into the United States, one of the things I realized early is the United States is the only country, by law, it's employment at will. <laughs> so an American company acquiring a foreign company, they can't fire the foreigners for overlapping jobs because those countries protect their employees. We don't. We don't protect our workers, mm. right? So when companies go through mergers and acquisitions, they downsize in the United States mm -hmm. because U.S. is the only country that doesn't protect its people. <laughs> we can't blame anybody. It is a public policy choice. We all went and voted to have this done to us, which is why I say we forget that as an employee, what I do as a citizen comes back to haunt me. As an employee, what I do comes back to haunt me as a consumer. What I do as an employee in accounting and stuff comes back to haunt me as an investor. I am all those people. I am not compromising for somebody else's success. I am compromising for my multifaceted viability. Wow. People don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is such a deep conversation and I you know I didn't realize that about America, you know, and it's so true. Like they get into a financial situation, you know, the the and and you know, a lot of these companies stock owned companies and so whenever things are, you know, things are uh, uh, rough, they'll cut they'll cut the top. They do that all the time. They make all these uh, you know, cuts at the top to senior level executives. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, balance out the PL. Right? We gave them the loaded gun. This is a democracy. We, as the people, gave them the public policy and said, shoot us whenever you feel like it. <laughs> 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 wow. Well, hey, you know what? I will say for these job seekers out there, um, we're in an environment where things are changing, which it's kind of crazy. We've been doing this for four years, and people have been asking for change. The job seekers have been asking for change. Well, guess what? Change is happening. And it's happening right before your very eyes. A lot of things are changing. And five years from now, the conversations we're having today are going to look completely different. And so uh, I think you're in the driver's seat. That's my opinion. I feel like you have a lot more control and a lot more power than you did just two years ago. And, mm -hmm. you know, so, hey, I think it's a good thing. Yes. And don't think that you have to look for a job only in the United States. We live in an age of work from anywhere. Mm. Hello. You can literally <laughs> apply for work anywhere. Hello. Because they're doing it. Think about it. Uh, I mean, you think the people from other countries are, are taking, you know, coming in and having the jobs here. So, yeah, working yeah, remote. Yep. It's going both ways. So, yep. yeah, yeah, that's 100%. And here just... is another nugget people don't think about. Britain just exited EU. So mm -hmm. the privileged English-speaking coveted position the United Kingdom occupied is no longer there. <laughs> Americans who are English-only speakers can easily go in and get those English-speaking remote jobs in the EU. Oh, now that. Hold on. Do we got more mics? We ran out of mics. <laughs> throw the ball in. Just throw the ball in. Hold on. We, we ran out of mics. I'm going to give you another one on that dr cass i swear i could speak to you all day I, i'm telling you we were in uh we were in clubhouse and we were just jamming it up and she started you know speaking mm -hmm. my language with all this stuff it was awesome so i was like i gotta bring her on this show we super 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 appreciative you also have a mastermind uh and i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna pull this up in here if we can pull this up that'd be amazing you have a mastermind can you tell us about that I am launching a mastermind with the sole intent of helping both emerging leaders and experienced leaders find the supportive way to finding their economic prosperity. 
we cannot depend on one job. We cannot depend on one employer. It's going to take all of us to get there. And the mastermind is going to help us fully round out understanding of ourselves. You know, we talk about building relationships in the job seeking process. How many of us take a step back and realize the most important relationship each of us are going to have in this life with ourselves? Mm. If we don't have a relationship with us, we cannot build a relationship with somebody else. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Some of our audience definitely needs so to the hear mastermind that. helps you find yourself, take a journey within and find the relationship with yourself, leveraging that, finding the relationship with others to build your network. You don't build a network when you want something. You build a network when you want to give something. And when you serve in a community, then when you need, the community will show up to give it to you. You don't have to ask, right? So invest in it before you need it. Because when you ask for it without investing, you're asking for a favor and nobody owes you anything, right? Ooh, bringing it at the end. <laughs> I love that. And then the other two elements we layer in is money. In America, we tell everybody don't talk money, but money is what makes or breaks our life. So we teach you and give you the tools and allow you to start thinking strategically about money and making extra cash flow doesn't have to be cash. If I can cut hair and my neighbor can teach my kids, we can swap services. Ooh, let's barter here. Look at that little whoop, whoop. Just yeah. do like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. And then that. the last thing we talk about is process. We need to understand process and process improvement in order to solve client uh, problems for potential employers. So we're going to give you all the tools, and there are going to be experts who are going to be mentoring and leading the mastermind for the emerging leaders. And then the experienced leader mastermind is going to be experienced folks lifting each other up and making connections and giving people opportunities to thrive as well as build their own entrepreneurial endeavors. Before you leave your job, build your own business. That way, when you leave, you have a safety net. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we have, we have, I specifically know, you know, there's people that leave their jobs without having another job or another plan and or anything built and it causes all sorts of problems um we have gone over a ton dr kaz um but you are putting your money where your mouth is because we have a giveaway too yeah we also have a giveaway it's a, a free business coaching session so uh what's a great question that we can ask the audience to uh to give one of these away are we, are we yeah what can we do what's a good question uh let's see here Hmm. Uh, Dr. Cass, do you have a question you'd like to ask the audience? Maybe something that we've spoke about so far to make sure they're paying attention. Are y'all paying attention in the chat? Uh, while we're while we're coming up with a question, I'm going to give some shout outs here. I see Jason Hopper, Hope Mangita, Krista. Good to see you. Andrea Waters, Kat O'Toole. Uh, let's see. William McLaughlin. Good to see you here. Uh, Mike Mediterranean. I've, I've got a question if, if you need help, Dr. Cass. Oh, I was going to say, why don't you tell us what problem you want to solve for a potential employer? Think of yourself as a consultant when you go for the interview. Don't think of yourself as somebody asking for a job. All right. I like that. What question, what problem do you solve for the company? And then Mark, what was yours so we can pick a winner? Well, mine was just more general for a winner uh, to pick. And that was, she had mentioned she's doing some work um, where, and she had mentioned a location. 
All that right. she was working from. What, where she's working from? That she was, yeah, she was doing some work. Right now, currently, or mm -hmm. in the future? Yeah. Right now. Currently. Mm -hmm. right. All right, where is she working? Where is Dr. Cass working? And what we'll do is we'll put we'll pick a, uh, a winner. And what you're going to do is actually I will DM you her email address so you can email her directly. And that will get you a free uh, business coaching session with Dr. Cass. So she's going to literally give you some time, which we all know time is money. So thank you, Dr. Cass. We appreciate you so, so, so much. Um, and while we're waiting on the answer, I don't know if you have it already, but while we're waiting, not yet, not yet. All right. While we're waiting on the answer. Um, also guys, if you can do me a big favor, pull, uh, uh, Get, get your screen share ready. <laughs> get your uh, uh, snapshot. Take your snapshot. Take your uh, a little uh, a snapshot of this thing and, and post it all over social media. I want you to blow up Dr. Cass. Tell her how much you appreciate her coming on the Who You Know Job Networking Show and how much she uh, meant to you. Maybe a mic drop here or there. Uh, do we have an answer yet? We still do not have an answer. And I know you had specifically said where. So we, uh, there it is. I, we did get an answer. What's your answer? All right. So uh, the answer is the Caribbean. Is that correct? Uh, that is Who correct. And that is Crystal T. Crystal, Crystal T. T. Congratulations. Woo! I look Chris forward to talking to you, Crystal. Yes, and Crystal, if I am if I'm remembering correctly, hold on, let me go back here. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Crystal, tell us, um, is this your first episode? Is this your first time here on the Who You Know show? We'd love to hear that as well. Or if you've been here before, you know, just let us know. But congratulations to you. And Dr. Cass, thank you so much. All these mics are for thank you. you. You dropped them all. We I love you. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And if anybody wants to reach out and chat, Happy to give them a little bit of my time and coach them. Amazing. Thank you so much. Guys, that's the show. It's, it's all about who you know. know. Trevor Houston here, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Who You Know Job Networking Show. We hope you've been inspired, encouraged, educated, and entertained all at the same time. For information on our different events, workshops, partners, or partnership opportunities available, check out whoyouknow.show for more details. And be on the lookout for our new mobile app coming soon. You never know how this show can help someone you know. You know? And if we've made an impact or put a smile on your face today, don't forget to hit that share button on your way out. Until next week, it's all about who you know. Bye.